And I'm recording. Yay! I got mail. Yay! So Jesus. what were you saying? Jeez, they're fucking... We live in a fucking tin can. Well... Holy shit. That thing, everything echoes. Well, we don't have a lot of stuff on the walls. You know, Jerry, the lack of respect for a man of your caliber. I know. Because I'm up here trying to be a professional. <laughs> That's correct. We're professionals. <laughs> that is right. Of course, in Germany, they call it golf. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, now that we, we've, we're a week post-shit show. And everyone missed out on the, uh, the blender. They did. Mm-hmm. So, should we tell everybody exactly what happened last week? Or should we keep it a mystery? I think we should keep it a mystery. We'll keep it a mystery. Let's, let's move on and never relive that. <laughs> Until the next time we fuck up. Yeah, like that one time I wrestled in Michigan for Sabu's cousin. <laughs> let's never relive that. <laughs> Was there a skateboard and a coffin involved? Welcome to Front Row Material! It's not for everyone. With Jerry Lynn! And I am going to blow you. Excuse me? And Mikey Whiprack! Out of the water. Here's your host, Mike Freeland! The best is Mike asked me, Hey, how's it going? I go, it's going great. Hey, did he do the whole la 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 la? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> sure did. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I just left out a, a very important detail about how it didn't record. <laughs> well, because I knew so, how excited we were like, oh, this is going to be really cool. And I remember we didn't want to have any glitches, so I wasn't going to do remote from my fishing trip. And then all of a sudden, hey, handicap stall. Here we come. Mm-hmm. Tackle, drop down, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Oh, my God. I need another beer. I'll be back. Now I'm glad we're back to regular business at this point. Yes. <sighs> yep. I put these fucking headphones back the fuck in so I can hear what is going on. All right. I'm back with my cocktail. Oh. What is it? I'm drinking Coors Light because I worked for Front Row Material in an episode last week, got fucked up, and I can't afford anything better at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'll tell you what, though. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but to go back to the fuck up. After after it was revealed that, well, it didn't get recorded. Yeah. I said, yep, this is par for the fucking course. This is exactly (laughs) what I would have expected. And Jerry called it. Yep. I said it was a bad sign. We were all ready to go. No 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 problems, nothing. Yeah, we should have known right away. And we did say we should just start all over again and screw it up on purpose and then start all over again. We should have. We probably should have, yeah. Because in the back of my head, I said, I should record this. But no, I ignored my inner self. Anyway, should we do an open? <laughs> Are you trying to steal my gimmick? That's all I got. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll be quiet. I'll, I sell I'll, 
And I got a little bit of fire, and that's all I got. A little fire. Everybody dies. A little bit of fire. That's it. I'm drinking an, I think it's, you pronounce it Einstock. E-I-N-S-T-O-K with the little, what do they call it? Umlaut or whatever above the O. Is it a German beverage? I don't, well, it's from Iceland. It's probably Korean. No, Iceland. (laughs) Korean. Let me see here. Yep. Something Wong right there. There it is. And it's, uh, it's an Icelandic toasted porter and it is awesome. And it's got a picture of a Viking's head on the fruit on it. We, so is it good? Makes, yes, it's amazing. It's one of my new favorites. Makes mm-hmm. me want to listen to Amana Marth and go pillage the countryside. Very good, as we should. Mm-hmm. Was there any Hootist conversation last week? Not a single one. No, no, there was no Hootist talk at all. Nothing. I noticed that. You're the only one. So you're the only one infatuated. Ric Flair's cock. I well, hold it, hold it, hold it. <laughs> I went back and I listened. I've only brought. I've only brought that up maybe a handful of times. If by a handful you mean a baker's dozen. <laughs> <laughs> you were the one that turned me on to Lanny Poffo and his uh, oh god skin fluid playing too. Hey, we've had sixty-five episodes. I've only Here I've only brought it up thirty-eight thousand times. You know, speaking of the, uh, we had a. I don't know how this is coming up. Talking about beer and everything else, but we had a Jewish deli <laughs> that was run by Indians, <laughs> not Native Why? American Indians. Indians from India. And I've noticed. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you're going to fucking interrupt me, Jerry. (laughs) You're not professional, Jerry. (sighs) What was I even talking about? The uh, Indians. Oh, the Jewish deli run by the Indians. So when Arizona IST first came out, have I told the story? Probably. I said, hey, do you have Arizona IST? (laughs) He goes, let me check, buddy. And then he goes, let me see. <laughs> Nasty iced tea, <coughs> peach iced tea, raspberry iced tea. Nope. No Arizona iced tea. I said, oh, it's really good. Is that good? I order. You like the raspberry tea? I said, no, sir. <laughs> just Nasty, just Arizona iced tea. Arizona iced tea. You like knee high? I said, no, I don't like knee high. It's blue. <laughs> Try the blue, buddy. Try the blue. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Nehi? Snapple iced tea, raspberry iced tea. So, yeah. Can you be Jewish and from India? That's kind of a, that's kind of a stretch. It's possible. It might guess, be. That's kind, of, that's kind of a stretch. Yeah, that's true. I guess anything's possible. When I worked at the pizza place, there was this guy, uh, this guy, Sil- this was back in high school. This guy, uh, Silvio and Alicio, uh, they were both from Ecuador. And they were there illegally. So I remember one time, me and my buddy, Joe from the front, we put on, we put on black shirts. We kicked in the back door and went, immigration! <laughs> immigration! Oh, no. And they Are took you serious? Out, they took us out the front and never came back. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, well, we just lost our dishwashers. I go, we fucked up. <laughs> you probably thought they were from India. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, also at the pizza place, we had 
we had people that were stopping the bus stop up front. We called them the doodahs and the weebies. Because oh they would come in and they would say, hey, man, do the bus stop here? Or they'd be like, <laughs> hey, man, we'd be waiting for the bus. So <laughs> they were named the doodahs and the weebies. So when in New York City, I, I've been to New York a few different times. Carnegie Deli. Okay. Still there? Yeah. Uh, was that the world famous one that one of them closed down or one of them ended? I don't know if it was Carnegie Deli. All I remember is I went in there with a buddy of mine and I got the biggest sandwich. I couldn't even believe it was that big. I, th- I think it was closed, the Carnegie Deli. I think okay. It closed a couple of years ago, I think. It was, it was fantastic. Fantastic. They went out of business serving sandwiches that were too big. They were. The sandwiches were fucking huge. Oh, my God. Ate into their profits. They cost you $34.99, but they were fucking huge. <laughs> well, there you go. Literally, you could you could eat half of it and then take the rest back to your hotel room and then eat it later on for that night. It was it, unbelievable. It was like, your fat fuck like me, I'd eat the whole goddamn thing. So, Mikey, what was the name of that diner? That we want, we wanted to go to, but there was always a line down the block for it. Oh, the greasy that, spoon. The, no, is, what was it called? Uh, remember, it was right by our hotel in Manhattan. I don't remember, but the line was always around the corner. Yeah. Ah, oh, what the hell was the name of that deli? I it was to supposed to be. Why was it so famous? Did they shoot a movie scene there or something, or what was the deal with that? Maybe the I food's just really good. It's a diner. It couldn't be that good. If you're from New York and you're listening and you know what we're talking about, please let us know. Add us. I'm sure somebody will tell us. We're big was, in New York. It was, uh, it was Ellen Stardust Diner, I think. Yeah, the, Star, like the Stardust. Yeah. So what, what's That's the your boss. That? Your boss owned that. I was about to say, you, you, Stardust. Wow. He, things turned out really well for him. Well, the diner is very successful. <laughs> you can never get in unless you want to wait an hour. It was, it was seriously. It was like, what the fuck is going? What, what do they got going on in there? <laughs> what? Oh god, it was probably the place. Uh, they probably do the same thing that uh, happened to Jerry when he got his last massage. Jerry, well, I was trying to tell someone the story about that. So the woman climbed up on top of your body, and then she naked. Like, yeah, like she didn't have pants, and then she started like grinding oh, on no, you. I with, didn't. <laughs> with, with she, there was a pole involved in clear heels pole. To, I remember the clear heels part, Mikey. I remember that part. Wrapped a regs around the, around the pole. Yeah, and, I, I thought and, and slid down. I thought Sniffers Row was a weird name for a massage parlor. No one's taking their pills tonight. Wow. No fuck that. Wow. Oh, speaking of pills, guess what? no okay so i told you that the doctor put me on that lipitor yes that cholesterol medicine okay so right after pam gets home the phone my phone rings and i get it and it's the nurse that heart doctor's nurse and she says yeah she introduced herself, and I go, and she says, yeah, I have the results for your calcium score. I go, 
okay, because I'm kind of worried, you know, because the doctor made it sound like I'm on my deathbed, that yeah. I'd have to take these pills every day for the rest of my life. And she says, um, and it came back uh, a zero. And I go, is that good? She goes, yes, you have, there was zero signs of any uh, calcium buildup or uh, plaque buildup that could possibly lead to blockages. That's great. And she says, all those years of wrestling did you good? And I said, well, I did, you know, train really hard for 24 years straight. And so I was all excited. I mean, I just breathed a sigh of relief. So I went and told Pam, <clears throat> and she was in the bathroom. And so I said to her, I go, I said, that was the nurse with my uh, calcium score. And I go, and she goes, well, what was it? And I did my hand in the sign of a zero, and I went zero. And she goes, you're a big fat what? <gasps> and I'm like, really? I she just came with take, some great news. Even take the relieving news. <laughs> no. She and still she had, had to, to bust my balls. <laughs> you're a big fat what? Oh. I guess she figured, well, you're not dying, so here we go. Yeah, yeah. No, she told me before, you're not going to get any sympathy. I said, I don't expect any, because she's been taking cholesterol medicine for a few, quite a few years. Right. But I asked the nurse, I said, well, can I stop taking this Lipitor then? Because for the last six months, I, my diet hasn't been good. So I thought if I cleaned up my diet and just started doing some extra cardio, that probably would help. And she said, well, I'll check with the doctor, but I probably won't get back to you till the beginning of next week because he had to go out of town. But I'm thinking, if there is no, zero signs of any buildup of plaque or anything to cause any blockage, I should be able to get off the stupid medicine. Well, and it's always best think. to wait to hear what your doctor says. That can says potentially first. destroy my liver and kidneys. This is so But you won't have a heart attack. Just right. Just complain. <laughs> Come on, beggars can't be choosers. No, I'll have a, I'll have a great heart, but I'll be sitting on a dialysis machine three days a week. Yeah, it's only three days. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> anyway, so I thought I'd just share the good news. That is good news. We are very Excellent. happy for you, Jerry. I can't wait to get mine. Do you? Okay, let me ask you a question. At your age, with both of you, do you guys get yearly Dick. physical, <laughs> yearly physicals? Yes. What was that? <laughs> yes, it's okay. It's, yearly my, physical. Mikey, do you get a yearly physical? Yes. Nice. And he tells me every year, oh, "You are morbidly obese." <laughs> you know what? And the best is, I keep getting these things in the mail from Lehigh Valley Hospital. Tell me, I I qualify for a fucking gastric bypass? Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm thinking. That's my 600-pound life. I'm, not, I'm nowhere near that. Well, if you come back in two months and <laughs> lose 150 pounds, you might qualify for the operation. <laughs> but until then, fuck you. That guy's kind of a dick, and I understand. Oh, he's, 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 he's he an awesome dick. He's got to be. He has he's got to be. be these people these come people. up. Right. He's heard every excuse in the book, and these people will keep making the excuses, so he's got to be tough on them. He's fucking legendary. Yeah, he is. He's a he is the gastric bypass equivalent of Ric Flair's baby arm. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, geez, wow! <laughs> wow. Oh, wow! A legendary 
cool, awesome dick. Are you saying he looks like a dick? Oh, he acts like a dick. Okay. I don't care. I don't want to hear the excuses. You know, you keep doing this, you're going to die. <laughs> wow. Mikey, I don't know what the problem is, but until you prove to me that you can lose 3,700 pounds, you're not having this fucking surgery. Said chicken parm. Dr. Now. Was that his name, Dr. Now? I, it's, yeah, it's shortened to now. It's something long. You, know you know he's 106? I know. God, he, he makes Betty White look like she's an infant. <laughs> Jesus. I went to, uh, I went to a, a theme park in, uh, in Cincinnati recently, uh, Kings Island. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yes, it's all roller coasters. Right, fuck, right. Fuck I don't that. ride rides. So I ended Why'd up, you go? Well, my family went. So I end up holding everyone's cell phones, drinks, purses while they get in line. Rides for roller coasters can take an hour and a half to two hours just to get in line for it. So you're like so, the fat fuck at Disney World. That's right. I'm just the dumpy guy who sits on the edge and just watches everybody. Can't go into your eyes and just sit there. Good God. So. Ick. <laughs> Oh, I'm listening. Oh, trust me. <laughs> Nothing. At least the cum stain started. <clears throat> I always wanted to go there, and now I can't because of my neck. You can still I'm go. I'm so bummed. You, you can still go. Oh, yeah. You can get on anything. Yeah. So I can be freeland there. Yeah, hang out with me. Hold everyone's stuff. I can't we'll, go on the rides either. We'll sit there and... I used to love roller coasters. I go on mm-hmm. one now and forget I'm fucked the whole day. Jesus. It sucks. If we go, you're holding the purses. Okay. Because I'm more of a clutch just, man. Oh god. You know we what? could we could all get dipping dots and just watch everyone. That's what yeah, I sh- do. Sh- we have the fucking rascal scooters too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be arrested. <laughs> do they have a beer garden there? We'll show up on our rascals with the at the beer garden. <laughs> That'd be good. They have a pool area too, and I'm starting to realize. And I'm not the fucking I'm, I'm, the fucking giant fat fucks who sit in these fucking rascal scooters at the fucking supermarket. Really pissed me the fuck off, and I want to say to them, you know, you fat fuck. If you get up and walk, you wouldn't need the rascal scooter. <laughs> you fat lazy fuck. Did you say at the supermarket? Yeah. What should it be? When Walmart? I had my hip replacement, didn't I tell you guys I had to ride one of those? Yeah, but see, Jerry, you had a legitimate situation that needed. You weren't a fat, lazy fuck. But you know what? People were giving me looks. Well, see, I give the fat people the looks. Oh, they were giving me the looks. It's like somebody, I was in their way, or I was, I was a bother to them. Well, it is kind of annoying. Well, like you said, what could I do? The best is when they go to turn into the aisle and they can't. Because there's, mm. some, there's some other fat fuck in a fucking rascal scooter in the way. And they sit there, yeah. and they stuck, then they back up here. Beep, 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 beep. Jesus beep. I was God, doing that at Home Depot. And every time I'd back up and start beeping, Annabelle's going, Dad. I'm like, what? You're embarrassing me. I'm like, I can't help it. You were saying about King's Dominion and King's County. Where the fuck were you? King's Island. Oh. So the pool so, area at Kings Island. Freeland, you don't ride, you don't ride uh, roller coasters? No, absolutely Why? not. 
I don't know. I yeah, I just I, I'm the guy who gets online and reads the stories about like you know how many people shit their pants on roller coasters. Are you, just I'm just is that why it. you don't ride them? Who me? Yeah. No, I I like roller coasters, but with with, oh. my, with my brain so fucked up, I, I go on one roller coaster and I literally I am fucked the rest of the day. I'm like Jesus. zombified. Yeah, so I can't. Hmm. Off you fucking get off. What was that? Mikey climaxing. <laughs> nah, that was too long for me to climax. <laughs> that was Snatch, right? What was that? What? It was Snap. What's his name? Snap. <laughs> snatch. What? He said Snatch. <laughs> <laughs> you see that movie Teeth? It's the vagina with teeth. Ever see that movie? No. Me neither. Oh my God. I saw the trailer. <clears throat> no, his name is Stitch. Stitch, that's I was Snatch. I was close. <laughs> Snatch. Good guy. Oh, oh my gosh. I <sighs> I, ju I just text Matt and said we've this episode we've gone full girl. You oh this is oh, bad. Yeah. And he goes, Can it go any further? I go, Oh it did. Oh yes, it did. We're talking about a hairy snatch. <laughs> when I heard the show this week, this last week I should say, when I heard the show. And I heard Matt come on first, and he had to make an announcement to everyone. I thought, oh, Lord, what the hell happened? Jesus. I'm back. I need another drink. So, so, oh, no. so, so Jerry, look, man, every time I bring up last week's episode, it just puts Mikey in this depressive state. Oh. Yeah, you're, you're forcing him to drink. My God. I think you need to bring it up about eight more times. <laughs> <laughs> Are you eating uh, over there, Jerry? No, not at all. If I can't have my pickles... That's against the rules. It's against the fucking rules, yes. Listeners don't yes. want to hear us eating. Yes. It was one person. Was, yeah, one person. One person said something. I know exactly who she is. That's okay. She used to be my friend. She's not anymore? She's not. I don't think she wants to be my friend at this point. Who wants to be a friend? Her boyfriend loves me. Whose boyfriend? We were talking can't about. Can't say it. Not yeah. We can't say that. We're talking about eating. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Who's that? I, what does that have to do with your girlfriend? Aren't you married? Yeah, I am married. What are you talking about your girlfriend for? Don't you know this is public? Open up another beer. Okay, hold up. <laughs> I need another one. Then. So anyway, I, I think at this point in time we should. Uh, what, what should we do, Jer? Um, maybe we should do an open. I second that. Well, before, I'm outvoted. Before before Mikey's done with his first twelve pack. So, you're, what are you drinking, Coors Light? The silver bullet. Yeah. After this, I got to go to the Lagen Coors. I have one left. Ooh. You know, we, you know, we have a uh, hustler store. <laughs> Sorry. Sounds like you tuned up before we started. Oh, he did. I'm he fucking. I am fucking looped. 
You know, when we're not talking about coarse light, do you know what a silver bullet also is, by the way? That shit yes. that kills the vampires. No. No. Is it the, is it the Montana musket fucker? Or what, what the fuck's it called? Yeah, I'd like no. to know. I'd like to know <laughs> no. exactly. Jerry calls me giggling like a 14-year-old boy one day, and he's telling me, hey, do you, do you know what the uh, the St. Louis steam re- revving is? And I'm like, what? And no, I didn't do the St. Louis. So I don't even know a St. Louis one. And I was like, is that like a dirty Sanchez? Oh, God. I See, I don't know what any of this shit is. He's telling me about a fucking drunken pirate, fucking the fucking oh, Houdini, I, and I'm yeah, like, he, he, holy, what? <laughs> doesn't the drunken pirate turn into the Houdini, or is it the other way around? No, the Houdini turns into the angry pirate. The angry pirate, that's right. Yep. And you know what that turns into? What? Me on the porch with my bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the, the, <laughs> the dirty Sanchez is the one that gets me because I, oh god, oh <laughs> poop! I just can't. Ugh. Wow, who did that to you? I was a camp counselor a few years ago. Oh. Anyway, moving on. Jerry, would you like to do the honors? Yeah, should we do an open? I think it's uh. pretty. I'm going to take that as a yes from Mikey. Welcome to, welcome to another episode of Front Row I mean, why, why would you? Why would you think it's me? My name is Mike Freeland. I am joined... See? ...by the two ECW legends, Mr. Jerry Lynn and Mr. <laughs> Mikey Whipwreck. That was moist. You ever sniff the farts out of movie seat cushions? Oh, <laughs> ew, jeez. Well, we've talked a lot about what did or didn't happen, depending on your perspective, last week. So has anybody been able to successfully guess who it was? Anybody accurately guess? I, th- I think it's pretty obvious, in my opinion. But uh, anybody say anything to either one of you? No. No? Mm-mm. I would like to put last week out of my mind. Okay. Because you're like, I'd like to hear feedback on this week's show. <laughs> yeah, it sucked ass. Yeah, I put that out there. Mikey's like, yeah, this fucking blue dick. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm honest. I'm not going to lie to the fans. Hey, this show was fucking great. <laughs> We're not going to lie to people. That's right. right. I've seen better shit in a toilet. That's inside a handicap stall. No, that's in the regular civilian stall. <laughs> you broke the back door down. You pretended you were ice. That's fucking terrible. I can't. I'm not going to forget that for a while. Wow. What? what? The story you told. How do you get there from handicap stall? Yeah, what are you talking about? Oh, 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 ice. Oh, I see. Back in the day, it was just immigration. Right. We call him Ice now. It was fucking hilarious. We ended up fucking ourselves because we had to wash the dishes. Wow. Wow. Hold on a second. I got to get some cream. Oh, Lord. That shouldn't take too long. I understand beer, but cream? What kind of... I don't even want to ask Jerry, yeah, come on, please. Don't, no, don't, don't, please. don't. It's don't late at night. Go there. I have nope. to go to bed soon. <laughs> you don't want to wake up with nightmares, huh? Oh, I do, anyway. Uh... 
I've started, Jerry, I've started taking these these pills. They're called Jollies. And, and, and they're fucking, they're, they're little gummies. And they got like melatonin, some other fucking weird, wacky shit in it. It tastes like berries. And they help you sleep? Jerry, the dreams I have is unbelievable. Oh, really? They're so fucked up, but they're so tremendous. Like, I don't, I don't want to wake up half the time. Do you remember them when you wake up? Oh, yeah. Because I never remember my dreams hardly at all when I wake up. Oh, I remember these. But I don't, I don't think I dream very often, actually. And it's very rare when I remember what I dreamt. Really? Yeah, it's weird. These pills, they say take two of them. I take like six. Holy shit. I, I dream in like fucking HD. <laughs> HD fucking 4K, motherfucker. But you're feeling good though, Mikey? You sound really good. Well, I've had fucking six cocktails. I'm good to go. Damn. We have to give so much extra content for the uh, for the mishap last week. So I think people are oh, going to get Lord. a very entertaining show. We haven't even gotten any of the wrestling talk this week. We're, what, 35 minutes into it. Did you hear that noise? Is it in my house or your house? My house. No, in the background, it sounds like someone's at an airport. That's my house. Is that the TV? Are you kidding me? What are they doing now? Are the women of the household watching their favorite serial killer episode? Now, Cajun, Jerry Lynn. <laughs> Jerry Lynn. You have a telephone call at the front desk. Jerry KJ Lynn. Mr. Herman. KJ Mr. Herman. Mr. Oh, Lynn. Caging Mr. Mr. J. Lynn. <laughs> that was always great in the airport. Go, will K. Fabe please meet your driver <laughs> at baggage claim? <laughs> well, what are some of the others? Uh, I can't remember some of the others. Oh. Michael Hunt. That was in a movie. What movie was that? I don't know, but they just had The Rock's Mike Oxmall. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike Oxmall. <laughs> I go by Michael. <laughs> so you guys ready to get into it here? What are we getting into? We're going to be having a very entertaining discussion on uh, someone you both know very, very well. Mr. Chris Candido. Mm. Mr. Chris Candido. Nice. Yes. Got some information I'm going to go over about Chris. Would love to go ahead and get some of your feedback, some stories, share some memories as I go along down, uh, down the road of the career that was Chris Candido. Chris Candido. Um, a lot of people know him from his time in the WWE as the Body Donnas, but a lot of ECW fans know him just for his name, Chris Candido. He's part of the Triple Threat. Chris Candido was born on March 21st, 1972. And uh, he was longtime friends with a, uh, a wrestler who also became a big star in ECW. And uh, any, any guesses on who that was? Well, Anita Dick, please come to baggage clay. <laughs> well, Anita Dick. That would be Balls Mahoney. <laughs> They were friends growing up, and uh, they started doing their own independent wrestling shows when they were extremely young in New Jersey. So let me ask you guys a question about this. Are there a lot of guys in the business that 
started out doing backyard wrestling? I mean, that's essentially what this was. Or was it a very select group of people who started out doing that? I did. So how did that how did that work for you? Did you feel like looking back at it now being a professional, do do either one of you guys endorse that? You know, if you got kids 15, 16, whatever who who watch you guys on TV and then all of a sudden, you know, they put together either a makeshift ring or whatever and they start doing this stuff, do you think that's a good idea or do you think, nah, wait, go to a school, get trained the right way, and then do it? It's probably safer if you make your own ring. My brother and I would just beat the crap out of each other in the yard. <laughs> we didn't have a ring or nothing. Pussy willow. <laughs> but we'd really put the figure four on each other for real and just about break each other's legs. And one time he dropped an elbow on my back and put a lump on my spine. Now paging enormous cock. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even close. Now paging e <laughs> Norma <now>. Skok. <laughs> oh. Sorry. So, Jerry, you bring you, you bring up a very good point here because, you know, if you have two people who are not properly trained, how about this is Eileen Ulick? <laughs> you bring you bring up a good point, Jerry. So if, if two guys are just you know, going at it and Well Harry has cracked clarify that. <laughs> well uh, Harry so, well, okay well, like you well, Harry as crack <laughs> Pills beer and podcast. They don't mix well kids. Um, paging paging Richard Smoker Will Do you, you breast please? <laughs> <laughs> and his cousin Hugh Anus. <laughs> oh, is that the famous anus candy or cookies? Yeah. <clears throat> we'll lose. <laughs> Will <laughs> <A> loose cunt. <laughs> what? Oh my god. That's uh, <laughs> loose cunt. <laughs> like that keep public waiting. service announcement here. <laughs> Guys, don't Mr. drink. Nothing, don't drink and do podcasts. Uh, Please call uh, Mr. Pat Hiscock. Mr. Pat Hiscock. <laughs> so, so, Jerry, you said that you know, you and your brother would go out in the front yard and you would wrestle and whatnot, but not knowing what you were doing, you guys would actually end up hurting each other. So that's the whole point. You get trained so you can have a choreographed fight that you don't really get hurt. So if these guys are going out there and they're doing backyard stuff, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? Um, when you say be trained so you can't go out there and get hurt, even my, uh, my neurosurgeon who I saw two days ago, <clears throat> said, uh, uh, I thought this fake stuff wasn't, or he said, I thought this was all supposed to be fake. So, you know, and I tell him, I joke around and tell everybody now, I say, you know where I went wrong? I didn't do the fake stuff. But uh, so even if you're trained properly, you know, if you do this for a certain amount of time, you are going to get hurt. But here's one thing that I've always noticed is 
these kids who are under 18 and their parents sign, you know, sign a waiver or whatever, saying, yes, it's okay for them to be trained when they're 15 and 16. And I, I keep thinking, you're not even through puberty yet. At least wait till your body's, you know, full grown and gone through puberty yep. before you start destroying it. You need to go somewhere where you're being trained properly. There are so many schools out there now where the teacher has never done anything, was not trained properly to begin with, and they're just taking these kids' money. There's a wrestling school, it seems like, every 15 minutes. You need to do your research, go somewhere to be trained properly. Otherwise, you're going to end up getting hurt, you're going to suck, or when you do go somewhere where they do have trained professionals, they're going to tell you that you have no idea what you're doing. And you have all these bad habits. And then to be fixed, you need to break the bad habits and start over. Or you'll hurt someone who has been trained properly and knows what they're doing. But because you don't, you'll hurt someone. People get mad at me all the time because I t they come to my school and I say, who trained? At first I say, who trained you? And they tell me, I said, oh, okay. And it's just constant bad habit after bad habit after bad habit. And it's harder to break them of these habits. Instead of getting them fresh, it's frustrating for me and it's frustrating for them because they paid all this money and now they have to pay almost to be retrained. Yeah, to me, it, it never made a whole lot of sense. Like, I, I get it when your kids, you know, jumping off your bed, the pillows, the couch, and all that, but I, I'm not going to go out into somebody's backyard and, and start doing stuff that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing because that to me just doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, when you're kids, but, I mean, you know, that's what kids do. Some kids play football, some kids play baseball, some kids go out and they do dirt bikes and, and things like that, BMX bikes. Uh, my friends and I, we, uh, we pretend to wrestle. I jumped off my back porch in 89. Well, I thought it was a that, snow, that's it was snow drift. Did you do it for the juggalos and juggalettes? I did. Whoop, whoop. Don't try this at home. Um, and he just became broke. I... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chris and Jonathan Reckner, who became Balls Mahoney, went ahead and knew each other growing up as kids, and they started to put on wrestling shows. They then ended up getting trained at the world-famous Monster Factory at that time by Larry Sharp. Let me guys ask you a question. When it comes to Larry Sharp, we've heard a lot of people have been trained by Larry. What are your thoughts, obviously, being successful professionals? What's your thoughts on Larry Sharp and his teaching style? And do you find that different schools have different philosophies and different styles? The Monster Factory was the first wrestling... Uh, let me have another drink. <laughs> the Monster Factory was the first... Jerry, when he's trying to restart his line, you giggling doesn't help. I can't help it. <laughs> the Monster Factory... Whoop, whoop. <laughs> oh, come on. You just... <laughs> wow. Wow. 48 minutes. I'm not even off the first fucking paragraph of the, of the, of the notes. Not even close. We might want to save this for next week. <laughs> we just... Oh, my God. Welcome to Taint Tickling. I'm your host, Mike Freeland. And oh, my God. <laughs> the mother's <laughs> 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 Oh, 
Thank you, Thur. <laughs> Thank you, Mithil and Thur. even know what the fuck I was happening. Try, try one more time. <laughs> I was... <laughs> Hold on, I gotta take it deep. Deep. Deep river. No, the, the monster... <laughs> Moon river... <laughs> Look, kids. The old miss. The old man. Deep river. Anyway, the monster factory was the first wrestling. <laughs> I can't talk anymore. The monster factory was the first school I ever heard of. I certain <laughs> The Monster Factory. The Monster Factory was the first wrestling school out of Milwaukee. <laughs> We're now cooking for the big one. <laughs> hey, listen up. Damn it, Jerry. What? Uh, you don't clear your throat like that normally, do you? No. <laughs> Paging Miss Wilma Fingerdo. <laughs> Miss Wilma Fingerdo. I hope everyone packed a lunch for this episode. <laughs> Hey, they paper bag it. <laughs> so, getting on to the Monster Factory. Um, that was the first school I ever heard of. <laughs> the Monster Factory is uh, is world-renowned. and uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't even know what that was. <laughs> like a parrot getting fucking, fucking castrated. <laughs> Do you hear that whistle rasp at the end of it? I mean, it's like somebody uh, give that somebody give him a Werther or something. I don't know if he okay. didn't holy get the green bill of health, that would have a death rattle. I was just screaming. Wow. But the oh. Monster Factory was the first school I ever heard of. <laughs> so with with I'm wrestling schools. With wrestling schools being as abundant as <laughs> <in, in, laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Beat from the eighth. Help! Oh. So, with Larry Sharp. The Monster Factory was the first school I ever heard of. Yes. In the wrestling magazines. The old so, after What was your thoughts with Larry? And also, once again, did you feel like, you know, now that you guys are looking back at your careers, do you feel like there's different philosophies on wrestling itself? Or do you feel like a lot of the, the, the basic stuff is across the board 
taught? Or do you feel like there's some places that emphasize fundamentals better than others? Or There are different philosophies everywhere you go. <laughs> what the f- I'm going to stop answering seriously. I'm just going to act like a fucking ass cloud the whole time. No, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I can't stop. So, as far as as far as Larry at the time, I mean, obviously he was. I think it's pretty easy to say he was pretty well respected. What people in the '80s would you say were really good schools at that time? So when you guys were looking to get well, trained, the Monster Factory was the only school I ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Seriously, I knew, I heard of the Monster Factory <coughs> and the Hearts. That was it. Wow. I didn't know of any other wrestling schools. Like, like I didn't. I didn't know there was. Yeah, there wasn't a bunch back then. So Larry Sharp ran the Monster Factory in New Jersey, and for people who are familiar, maybe not necessarily familiar with Larry, is is as far as his career, uh, he was a pro wrestler himself. And he had spent time in many different territories, Florida, uh, Texas, Puerto Rico, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, in Canada as well. He worked for Stampede Wrestling in Calgary. So he did a lot of different wrestling all over the place. And he was trained by Gorilla Monsoon. So you really can't go, you can't go wrong by that. So when it came to wrestling with, with Candido, he was very passionate about wrestling from an early age. Did either one of you guys ever, just by sitting around bullshit and talking to each other, ever talk about, maybe you guys do or don't, how you got started or, you know, what was the common thread that got you interested in wrestling? Do you guys typically do that when you're just shooting the shit maybe after a show or? Uh, sometimes. I mean, every now and then it'll come up. But... See, for me in the, in the Northeast, okay. it was after I broke in. It was Larry Sharp. It was the Hard School. And it was Johnny Rods in Gleason's gym. Now, the people that you did you feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of people went with Johnny. Would you agree? I proportionally Johnny probably got just as many people as Larry did because those are the same, the two names that within the United States that I hear the most about. Yeah, well, if if you were in like Long Island, like New York, New York City, I mean, Gleason's gym down in Brooklyn, I think, was. Okay. Uh, sorry, you're showing me. I'm gonna grab there. I'm gonna do this. <laughs> sorry. No I love how Jerry. I love how Jerry tries to be inconspicuous about things. Every and time I try to answer a question <laughs> seriously, sorry. he whispers. Right <laughs> he sort of, sort of dumb fuckery that goes on. Annabelle is up here. Wonder if I'm gonna pick her up from school tomorrow. Sorry. It's her fault. And he's unwrapping candy now. No, I'm not. She was jumping. What were you doing over there? She sat on the uh, exercise ball and started falling backwards. Um, Are we done yet? Continue, Mikey. Yes, we're done. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You're talking about... You're talking about Gleason's gym in Brooklyn. Yes. What about it? How it was one of the more popular schools. Yes, it was. And you either got trained by Johnny Rods or Larry Sharp. But yeah, that was all I knew of. I knew of I knew of Johnny Rods in Brooklyn. Right. 
Okay. And I knew about the Monster Factory and the hearts. That was really all I ever heard Did of. it seem to you guys maybe early on when you first got interested in wrestling that it would be really hard to get into this business? Oh, I thought it'd be impossible. Five foot nine? You know, come so on. That so was, that was already your first inclination was, I'm not tall enough. That's what everybody told me. Right. Don't waste your time. But I said, well, Jerry Lynn doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not, that's not I a, heard that's, the same thing, that's too. Not, that's not a knock on Jerry. I saw Jerry in Global. I didn't know how tall he was, but I knew he wasn't tall, tall. You know, cause he, was, yeah, there, he was a lot shorter than <clears throat> Sean was. There were a lot of experiences, though, where I didn't feel very welcome. But okay, so we first let's started say training that- with Sonny Blaze. That jabroni motherfucker. But anyway, <laughs> we, we and uh, when I first told all my friends I was going to go to camp to be a wrestler, they all just laughed at me. All of them. <clears throat> and then years later, maybe fifteen years or so after I started, one friend called up and apologized for laughing. Wow. They're not your friends. The one that apologizes is not your friend. True. I don't <laughs> keep in touch with any of them anymore. Except the one guy who apologized. See, if my friends may f- if my friends ever were nice to me, I think there's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so just kind of the getting the, the ball rolling here with everything when it comes to training, where to go. Our ball's a bit oblong. It's rolling like a football. Chris went ahead and started in 1993. He spent some time in what was known as Eastern Championship Wrestling. Eastern Championship Wrestling was in 93. So when it comes to the different territories, did you still feel like early in the 90s, even though Vince had really started to take over, there were still a lot of small, maybe mom and pop territories that were out there that you could perform? Might not be a big crowd, but at least you could get your experience. Yeah, because there was still... USWA, World Class, uh, Smoky Mountain. So there was a few left. In the Northeast, they had uh, the Savoldis. That's all I got. Did you work for them? No, they... they, uh, they <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> they were pretty much done by the time I broke in. Okay. ECW was just starting up when I broke in. Gotcha. Jim Cornette actually signed. Goddamn motherfucker! <laughs> signed. That's uh, my. That's my. Chris, that's my impersonation of Bruce Pritchard doing Jim Cornette. Extra cheese, extra motherfucker. Goddamn. <laughs> He's a heel, motherfucker. Signed Chris and uh, and Goddamn Tammy in that Express, motherfucker. Goddamn Dennis Condry. <laughs> Beautiful body, motherfucker. Up. Big Bubba. No so chair shot to the head, motherfucker. <laughs> He's a badass motherfucker. Fuck Donald Trump. What about the fabulous ones? Fuck them. They're not as good as the Midnight Express, motherfuckers. Got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a goddamn fucking plane, goddamn flying death tube. That might be my new favorite right now. The cornet. By Bruce Pritchard doing Jim Cornette? Yes. Yes, it's not Jim Cornette. It's Bruce Pritchard doing Jim Cornette. It's, it's Bruce doing Jim. Yes. So it's Mikey doing 
Mikey Bruce doing Bruce doing, doing Jim. Jim. Nice. Got you. That's a hell of a three-way. Wow. <laughs> so, That's sick, you fucker. <laughs> so in 92, Cornette goes ahead and signs uh, Chris and Tammy to work in his promotion, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Either one of you guys spend any time in Smoky Mountain? I just did their very first TV taping. I wrestled, uh, it was Killer Kyle. And that was it. I had to take time off to uh, let my uh, previously broken ankle heal up better. Jesus. Mikey, any run-ins with Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Nope. Well, between September and November of 93... Fuck Mikey won the sp- that little fucking motherfucker. <laughs> he won the Smoky Mountain Wrestling United States Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, he traded victories back and forth with Bobby Blaze. Any, uh, any memories of a, of a Bobby Blaze? I wrestled no. Bobby Blaze. What's your thoughts on Bobby? On WCW Saturday Night. He was great. Nice guy. <clears throat> easy to work. Light as fuck. Now, you guys often talk about, you guys use terminology that maybe not everybody's familiar with. When you say light, what do you mean light? Not dark. (laughs) (laughs) Needed a tan. No, it means in the ring, there's stiff, which is beating the shit out of somebody. Okay. There's snug, which is it's there, you feel it, but safe. Mm -hmm. And then there's light. Or fake. Jerry and I, Bobby Blaze, Lance, PJ, we were in the fake clique. So are there different groups that like to do things differently? (laughs) 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 Oh, wait, I just fucked it up. I fucked up my own song. (laughs) 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 A real, real, da, 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 stiff, stiff. Da, 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 see, now we're da, da, fucking, uh, see. Chair. I, I quit. Kick in the face. We can't, so we can't even sing a song came, in unison. No. When it, speaking of songs, I'm going to talk to you about this uh, song you guys are going to be singing soon. So <clears throat> when it comes to me, different me, styles me, like me, that, me, me, me. what do you do if, if you are a light frog. worker and you work with somebody who's snug? I'm snug back. You give him a receipt. I see. There's some guys just work snug. I would work snug back. I can I can deal with snug, but then there's just stiff where you get like tatered. Right. Yeah. I give them one. Uh, okay. After the second one. Okay, motherfucker. They're getting it back. Now, when you give it back, you mean you would hit somebody as if you were in a fight, a real fight? Well, not like that hard, but you're pissed. You know, they. Okay. I'm not just gonna cold cock somebody in the face. That's what I meant. You're not just going to be bam. No, but you, you, you laid in a little bit. Yeah. You, you let them know that nice. you're there. So look, we so could. He's doing Pritchard doing cornet. Yeah. <laughs> we, we could do. Take the, that, mother. Take that, motherfucker. Goddamn stiff, motherfucker. So do, <laughs> do people who work snug and stiff not like people who work light? Am I interpreting? Oh, I'm sure they enjoy it. I don't know They're anybody that would complain about it. working light. <clears throat> Yeah, I was just about to say, like it would. It sounds to oh, me. Oh, please hit me harder. <laughs> like it would be a lot better on your body just to. Well, yeah. And as long as you can make the performance look good, then 
why reinvent the fucking wheel? Chris Candido used to say, the wheel is round. The wheel is round. He's absolutely right. Not said. <laughs> Jeez. How profound. <laughs> you may have said, you may as well have said, uh, Gunga Galunga. And you know what that means? The wheel was round. There you go. In 94, Candido tagged up with Fucking Brian round, Lee. motherfucker. <laughs> who, if you're not really familiar, primetime Brian Lee was the, uh, was the second undertaker. He did not like it stiff at all. We did a battle royal in ECW. Somebody hit him. He threw himself out of the battle royal. He was that pissed. He just fucking left. He, he, go, he hit him. He go fuck this. I'm out. He threw himself out. He grabbed himself by the back wow. of the head and threw himself over the top rope. Jesus. One of the best things I've ever seen. Brian was awesome. Under fake. So also in 94, Candido uh, defeated Lee. Uh, he and Lee, I should say, defeated the Rock and Roll Express to win the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Championship, a title they would hold uh, until the summer of 94. It's because they're not as good as the Midnight Express. Back to the Rock and Roll Express. Beautiful Bobby. Sweet Stan. So, Dennis Carter. When it, when it came to primetime Brian Lee, um, any stories of Brian, anything? Brian is a funny motherfucker. And he's cool as shit. Yes. Nice. The complete opposite of what you expect looking at him. You would, th- you would, you would think like a, yeah, you'd think like a, a very gruff, very intimidating, very like cranky motherfucker. No. Right. He's no. cool as shit. And yeah, funny. He's one of the boys. Yep. In November of 94, Candido won a 10-man tournament defeating Al Snow, the Dirty White Boy, Tracy Smothers, to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Everybody dies. It's a big, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to win the NWA Championship. Now, let me ask you this question. We talked about this in a previous episode, but would you say maybe back in 94, in, in no disrespect to Shane Douglas whatsoever, but do you, do you feel like the NWA had kind of lost a lot of its steam, especially since WCW kind of parted ways with it? Oh, yeah. It, it, it lost steam. And soon, oh, no. Oh, yeah, never mind. It, I thought it wasn't recording for a second. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm not recording. Hey, I, I was uh, going to say, hey, hey, keep recording. I, uh, <laughs> I think that the NWA lost steam when they, when WCW fucking shit on it. And it became the WCW championship. And they're no longer the NWA champion. Once it lost the WCW tie-in, the NWA, that was kind of, that was kind of it. It was interesting here because, you know, Candida won this after uh, Shane Douglas had gone ahead and vacated it and claimed himself the ECW champion, which we have already chronicled in a prior episode. You can go in the archives and listen to that one as well. So, but the NWA now is really starting to come back. And recently, if you follow Billy Corgan, the are, uh, they're going to be on TV. So that's, yeah. that's exciting. It's okay. They're bringing it back. <laughs> they are bringing it back. <laughs> <coughs> ah. 
I might hit it. You okay, Mikey? I might hit it. The room is spinning. No, that's the death gargle or whatever you call it. The death rattle? Death rattle, yes. <laughs> Later on, Candida would eventually drop the title to Dan Severn in 1995. Dan Severn's kind of an interesting guy because if you only know him from his time in UFC – and that's mainly where I know. He's got the charisma of wet cardboard. I was just about to say, that guy, <laughs> not not really. Jerry, would you say this guy's very memorable when it comes to pro wrestling? Well, if you're into MMA, yeah. Well, MMA, yes, but in pro wrestling itself. Like, I never felt, when WWE brings in these guys that used to be something in another in another genre, I don't know. I just feel like they're not as... well intimidating as they used to be when they were in the octagon they become some, very some can do it and some can't i'd say they hit a jackpot when they got ken shamrock ken shamrock absolutely and i think they thought and, they would get the same thing right and kurt angle kurt angle took to it faster than anyone i've known that went from amateur into pros i mean he just got it and some guys they just i don't know they just can't it's harder for them to change over from, you know, shoot fighting to entertainment. Do you feel like some guys who come from a amateur background, they, they have such a, an engine that they just go, 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 go. And they almost kind of get lost in the moment and they forget that it's a performance and things can get escalated quickly. Um, I think some of them just, have the mindset where they don't want to do the entertainment deep down inside. They really still want to do their shoot fighting. And, you know, you can't make someone do it. You can throw an insane amount of money at them. And if they really deep down inside don't want to do it, you're not going to make them take to it. Right. Uh, Chris in 1994 tagged up uh, with his his good buddy, his childhood friend. At this time, he was known as Boo Bradley, but we all knew him as Balls Mahoney. They went ahead and they teamed up in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So it, it seems like Smoky Mountain Wrestling had a lot of big names in there because Tracy Smothers was there, Cactus Jack was in there at the time. You want to know how you want to know how stupid I was back in the day. I knew nothing about independent wrestling and all this other stuff when I first broke in. Okay. I remember when Cactus, really? I remember, yeah, I remember when Cactus went to Smoky Mountain and he was teaming with Balls. I was like, yeah, but I'm your tag team partner. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Like, we're the, we're the ECW tag team champions. Sh- shouldn't I be with you? Like you? Was- shouldn't I be with you in Smoky feel- Mountain? Feel like he was cheating on you? I did. I'm like, what the hell? You whore. Mikey, perhaps you don't understand. You're my tag team partner for 15 minutes every night. That's where the <laughs> that's where the party ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In '95, Chris and Tammy took their show on the road once again. They landed in the World Wrestling Federation, where they became the Body Donnas. Terrible. So they break into wrestling, 
spend some time in Smoky Mountain, NWA, and now they are in the WWF. What were your thoughts when you guys first heard that they had moved on to the WWF and uh, where this concept known as the Body Donnas? What was your thoughts? You know, I had wrestled Chris in Minneapolis before then. Mm-hmm. I think before even Smoky Mountain. No, wait. It was after Smoky Mountain, I think. It was when Carluzzo and Sharky did those combined shows. They brought in Candido to work me and Sabu worked uh, X-Pac. But that was the first time I'd met Chris and worked with him. And it felt like I'd worked with him for 10 years. It was so easy. But who who was his tag partner as the Body Donnas? Was it Tom Pritchard? Dr. Tom. Mm-hmm. Dr. Now, Tom. didn't they have like a manager or valet? Yeah. Jimmy Shoulder. Jimmy Shoulder. He was cloudy. Yes, cloudy. That's what it was. I couldn't remember the gimmick. Yeah, I miss Jimmy Shoulders. He was a good guy, too. He was funny, too, yeah. Yeah. He had big shoulders. Sure did. Otherwise, he'd be Jimmy Traps. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good thing he wasn't called Jimmy Krabs. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) I go by Mikey fucking crotch. In 95, uh, Red Radford joined the Body Donnas. Red Radford. We all remember Red Radford. Speaking of which, when I went to WWF to do squash matches, I worked both them. One TV taping. I worked Red Radford and I worked the Body Donnas. And the same TV taping. When it came to, to wrestling back in 1995, I mean, obviously this is before the big boom kind of happened and everything was really gimmicky. Did you feel like the WWF was just too too cartoony in a lot of ways? Because I feel like a lot of fans look at that time period and that's what they see. It, it, was that something that kind of appealed to you guys or did you like the more of the believability of wrestling, If that, if I'm even phrasing that correctly? No, I liked more of the believability. It was too. getting too cartoonish. It became very Halloweenish. Because then they have, you know, you had a plumber. Who was the yes. plumber? Dusty Rhodes. No, he was not the plumber. Oh, I got. It. Oh God! The and then you had I almost the garbage man, me. Duke the dumpster, Maggie baby. Yes, you're a little bit fucking portly. <laughs> did you, did you just call me portly, Maggie baby? You like the pork and beans. You are a little portly. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Dream. I don't. I don't feel like Dusty Rhodes could ever say anything that could like hurt your feelings because it just seems like he said it and it was so nice. He said it was so Dusty Rhodes. I was just like, I don't know, but that was pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> Maggie, baby. You're talking about T.L. Hopper, who was the wrestling plumber. Oh yeah, him. And who was that? T.L. Hopper. No, it was... Uh, who was no, who was the dirty, dirty white boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Duke the Dumpster Drossy was the garbage man. And what was Tracy Smothers? Uh, uh, that's a good question. Didn't they bring he him was uh, Freddie Joe Floyd. Yes. And what was his gimmick? Freddie Joe Floyd. That was, that was it. <laughs> what's, what's your deal, mate? That, that, that's pretty much that was it. Yeah, fighting for my life. There's your family. 
They had a... Who else did they bring in? Uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Alex Porto. The repo they man. Too. Alex Porto. They brought him in. Oh, he was the pug. That's right. And who was uh, Jimmy Graffiti? Jimmy Graffiti. That was... Uh, God, what was his... Why can't I... I'm brain farting his name. Remember him? His, he had the, the shorts with paint dripping down him. No. You sure that was Jimmy paint? Graffiti. That was Razor Ramon. You don't remember Jimmy Graffiti? No. Google him. You mean David Everett Ferrier? No. Better known as, well, well, Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. There you go. That was it. Jimmy Del Rey. But he wasn't Jimmy Graffiti, was he? Not in WWF, he yeah, wasn't. I, oh, then maybe that was, w, that was WCW. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure that was the... Who else was in WCW? That was Jimmy Del Rey. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But that was in WCW. It wasn't WWF. I did not know this, but uh, Jimmy Del Rey unfortunately passed away yeah. uh, in 2014. Two years ago, yeah. Wow. All right, moving, moving oh, back on here. What was it? The Taurus? Mantar. Or Mantar, that's what it was, Mantar. The Taurus? Uh, well, I was thinking bowl or something. Yeah, fucking know. rental car? Oh, jeez. No, oh, jeez. Mantar. Oh, he was half man, you know, half beast. The, he came with a giant fucking Mantar head. But who comes up with this? Like, like, who's sitting back there? And I know it was Vince, and I think at the time Cornette was on the booking. Goddamn, it's a fucking Mantar. Like, who sits back there and says, hey, this is a fucking good idea. Let's fucking send a buffalo out there. Like, I don't know. A goddamn buffalo! <laughs> 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 a goddamn buffalo, motherfucker! It's a mantar, <laughs> half man, half beast. Mantar. Uh. <laughs> oh my god! She also worked with Hakushi as well. I actually liked Hakushi a lot. Oh, I really yeah. wish she would have gotten. I wish he would have gotten over motherfucker. more. I worked with Hakushi when he was before he went there in Japan. He was one of the young boys in that lucha company I worked for, and then he went on to a Michinoku. Were they? Was he? Was he one of the guys carrying the piss bucket? They didn't have a piss bucket. Okay. When did he get those? When did he get those tattoos? Who had the piss bucket? That was Ian Rotten, IWA South. Okay. The tattoos. They were. But wouldn't that be a bitch, though, to have to get all that shit put on you before you went out? They, they came in a roll, so you just un- do the whole roll. They, as you, you could tell, they were like in rows. Right. So you just do the whole roll at a time. It's mm. a lot of work. I thought it was a fucking yeah. stamp. Yeah, a stamp. <laughs> just start stamping everywhere. <laughs> There's your music. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Did you get the memo? Goddamn it, right of ink. So they did. Yeah, nowadays they would just have have you staple it to them. The Body Donuts did become tag team champions, um, which was really cool for Chris because Chris was very dedicated to his craft in the W. He's dedicated to his craft everywhere, but he was really, really proud of his work in the WWF. Um, 
When you guys first met Chris, what was the first time you met him in ECW? Mikey, do you remember the first time he came in? I think it was... Did he come in 97? That's when I came in, September of 97. He was in in 96, actually. Yeah, he was already there. November 96. I think I worked him in... November of 96, I think. Because he was or- he was originally there back in 93. Right. So in 93, Chris was wrestling in ECW, and he formed this table called the Suicide Blondes. With John, Johnny Hardbody, and Chris Michaels. And then he obviously left, came back, and then he was... Uh, and part of a new stable, the Triple Threat. What was your thoughts on that? I always liked the Triple Threat itself. I felt like that was one of the better wrestling stables just because there was a lot of legitimacy to that. I felt like it was three guys who really could go. And uh, At first, I thought it sucked. Because? Because you had the original Triple Threat. Right. Who was the original? Shane Douglas, Benoit, and Malenko. Correct. Oh, okay. And then when they did it again with... with uh, Chris and Bam Bam, I'm like, eh. <laughs> You're like, huh. But now, when I think of Triple Threat, I think of Shane, Chris, and Bammer. So they, they turned me around. Nice. While he was in the Triple Threat, he was, uh, his nickname was No Gimmicks Needed. And that uh, he developed a rivalry with Good old Lance Storm, who, if you're following Lance, uh, he made some news recently. He is uh, he's going to be closing his school down, which a lot of people respect Lance. And, um, you know, I think it's a shame because he has, has turned out a lot of great professionals. How long was it open? I think he said he opened his school in 05. Oh, so like 14 years. Well, maybe he just needs a break. Yeah, I don't blame him. Maybe other opportunities came up. Or that too, yeah. You never know. So with the triple threat, Jerry, what were your thoughts about that? Was that was that a pretty good group? Did you feel like it was a good mixture of personalities? Yeah, because each person was different. You know, uh, Shane was more of the old school heel, and Candido obviously had a lot more uh, <clears throat> wacky character about him and stuff, and charisma, and and Bam Bam. I mean, forget about it. He was just one of the best big monsters in the business. So, and it, you know, each person was different, but somehow it all worked and they all gelled together. Going back to the Monster Factory, that's where uh, where Bam Bam Bigelow actually was trained by Larry Sharp as well. So, once again, kudos to the Monster Factory. You know, the, them the, monster, the Monster Factory was the first school I ever heard of. <laughs> really? Yeah, the after magazines. <laughs> what was the What was the other school that you had that you had heard about, Mikey? Uh, that would be uh, Johnny Rods and the Hearts in Brooklyn, and then, and then the Hearts in Calgary. Hearts. Yep. Nice. Very cool. Well, that's the first time you rattled it off clear as a bell. I know. No edits needed on that one. No. Oh, I still fucked it up in the beginning. <laughs> well, the- <laughs> well, 
Well, the monster fat. The monster fat. So in 2000, he went ahead and he joined World Championship Wrestling. His time there, he won the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. What were your thoughts? Mikey, you were in, you were back in ECW by 2000, correct? Yes. So you guys didn't cross paths in WCW? No. They did reform the uh, the triple threat in ECW with Candido, Shane Douglas, and Bam Bam Bigelow for a brief period of time. WCW. Yes. Right. After WCW went under, Chris ECW. went on the independent circus. Oh, I'm sorry. WCW. What? Reformed it in WCW. After WCW Jerry, went hear, under. That was Jerry trying to get out of the chair. His hip is squeaking. It was. His hip is squeaking. I'm sorry. First time I heard of the monster fact. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Chris also wrestled for Sabu's cousin up in Detroit. Jerry, you have any stories about that? Very funny. I do have a story about some raspberry tea. <laughs> you know, the first time I heard about raspberry tea was at the Monster Factory. It was at the Monster Factory. Yeah. They had a vending machine at the Monster Factory. The city of Arizona iced tea, Schnapple iced tea, raspberry iced tea, raspberry iced tea. Iced tea. You like me? No wheeze in the juice. No wheeze in the juice. No wheeze in the juice. Highest rated show ever. So after WCW ended up folding. What? 63 people. (laughs) Highest rating ever. Chris went around, went ahead and run with uh, XPW, which uh, I know, Jerry, you had some some time you spent in XPW. Yes. Mikey, you were never in XPW, were you? I didn't think so. XPW, that was a uh, that was an offshoot of ECW. Am I correct in that? No. It was not? No. It was its own. That's when the whores come in. <laughs> the whores. <laughs> the whores. <laughs> that was a company out in LA. Hey Mikey, what are you doing here? The game show was yesterday. Oh my god. Oh Lord! <laughs> Who said that? That was that was Joey. Joey. But XPW, did you hear, did you hear that story, Mike? No, I have not. NY, oh. NYWC did a show is like a, a matter of prize, like a gay pride show, right? Right, and. <clears throat> This kid, Randy, was on it. Good-looking kid, like, good body. And he was on the... He did the show, too. The Gay Pride show. Right? Mm-hmm. So so NYWC ran a real show the next week. Randy walks in and goes, Hey, Randy, the gay show was last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So XPW was not an offshoot of ECW. It was just called Extreme Pro Wrestling. What was it? Well, it was, it was, it was an X. Right, I get that, but it was a lot of like light tubes and crazy violent shit. And he said he didn't do light tubes. No, they didn't do light tubes, but I mean, it was in the genre of it. If you say so. No, maybe not. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, after his time in XPW, Chris and Tammy also spent some time down in Puerto Rico, 
where they worked with the World Wrestling Council. Interesting. You guys both worked in Puerto Rico. No, I would never go there. Just no. once. After the Bruiser Brody situation, I'm sure that uh, didn't go over real well with people wanting to come down. I'm sure that would leave a bad taste in people's mouths. You know what I mean? Just, just being nervous to go to a territory where something like that happened. I mean, and, uh, I don't know. There's so much there, but. Didn't you once tell me, Mikey, even if you got booked, you would never go? Nope. I don't blame you. Uh, Chris then spent some time in New Japan pro wrestling. I was not, I was not, I didn't know that he spent some time in New Japan. Very interesting. And then, uh, unfortunately, as we come towards the end of his wrestling career, he was in TNA. He debuted in TNA in 2005. Candido faced AJ Styles. Uh, on January's 14th episode of Impact, Candido faced Dustin Rose. Rhodes in a losing effort. Uh, this is where Candido's career uh, unfortunately ended. So, Jerry, 2005, you're obviously in TNA at the time, correct? Yes. So, were you there the night he broke his ankle? Yes. Yeah, I was there. So, Chris breaks his ankle, and I was watching a documentary, and he had surgery the next day. He calls home, says he's going to get two plates and like eight screws put in his ankle. The very next day, he's back on TV. The next day. Is that not, how does that, how do you guys get cleared to still, is it because you're not in the ring performing? Yeah. Is but that I, something that the company puts pressure on you to come back? Or no, is that probably no. just Chris wanting to do it? It was Chris wanting to do it. Okay. He loved wrestling. But I think, oh yeah. Well, I mean, probably more than anybody else. He just fucking loved it. So, Jerry, you being there, and I don't know how far you want to go into this whole thing, but breaks his ankle, has surgery, comes back. And uh, later on that week, the news broke. So when did you first hear about this? And what was your whole thought process? Uh, on I this? can't remember when I first heard about it. But uh, I think uh, what went wrong was I think he flew too soon after the surgery. Because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to fly right after surgery. I don't. I don't know what the specific amount of time is, but I think it was only a matter of a few days, if that. When he flew after the surgery, and I right. think that's one of. The, I think that's what it probably would have caused the blood clot. Now, there's a lot of different, a lot of different stories that are floating out there online as far as. Chris in, in what exactly happened, you know, some people say he broke his leg, his ankle. He, um, if you go online, you can actually see how the injury happened. It looks like it was an absolute freak thing because it, it didn't look like anything really happened. Does that make sense? He just went to take a, a back bump and he just landed the wrong way. It seems like most of the time, a lot of times when you do get hurt, it's off some stupid little fluke thing. So it was uh, at a lockdown pay-per-view in 2005 where he fractured his tibia and fibula and dislocated his ankle during a steel cage match with Lance Hoyt. Uh, 
How how would Jerry Lynn say a steel cage match in TNA? Six sides of steel. Very nice. It was sensational. Like we said, Chris went, underwent surgery. <laughs> the very next day to have plates and screws put in there. And he was back on TV the next day. The Naturals defeated America's Most Wanted to win the Tag Team Championships. And uh, Chris was there in a wheelchair. You could see him celebrating. He was very, very excited. A few days later on April 28th, uh, unfortunately, Chris fell ill. And his condition worsened during the day. Uh, he collapsed in the evening and was rushed to Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in Brunswick, New Jersey. where He was diagnosed with pneumonia. The doctors ended up having to drain his lungs. Unfortunately, uh, Chris passed shortly after that. He was only 33 years old. Uh, it's been reported by his brother that he died of a blood clot, which was a complication from the surgery. In a 2016 interview, Johnny, his brother, would reveal that Chris did not die from a blood clot, but rather acute pneumonia. That's what I was alluding to before, that there was a lot of different things floating around online, whether it was a blood clot, whether it was pneumonia. There's a lot of things going out there. Well, I heard it was a blood clot, so I figured, well, he flew too soon. I don't know. Well, the but death then, had a big impact well, that wouldn't, that's on one a lot thing. of That would make sense, because yeah. if, the, if the blood clot, you're going to die right away. True. Pretty if, he got, if he got sick. You know, throughout the day, yes. and it got worse. So, I mean, I guess, I guess technically it does make sense. Yeah. It was the pneumonia. And that's one thing they really stress on after surgery is they give you that little breathing machine to do like 10 times a day to try and avoid the chances of getting pneumonia. TNA held the Chris Candido Memorial Tag Team Tournament in his honor um, in both 2005. And then in 2009, he was inducted into the Hardcore Hall of Fame which his banner is hanging right now in the arena that was the former ECW arena. Crazy how something freak like that ended up uh, taking his life. Yeah, especially after he cleaned up his act. He fought for years, cleaned up his act, and then, you know, something like that has to happen. But you know what? Chris was always one of those guys who loved wrestling so much and I had never, ever once seen him in a bad mood. He was always happy and loving what he was doing. Always. Even, even when he was in a bad mood, he was in a good mood. <laughs> yeah. I guess. But I always loved when he'd run around doing his impression of Johnny Canine. <laughs> you six-plate man. You six-plate guy. I don't know, Chris, he, he, was, he, was, he always wanted to get bigger. He always wanted to get bigger. Mm-hmm. And one time we said, hey, Chris, bro, you're looking good. You know, you're looking lean. Look, looking lean. <laughs> <laughs> he start dropping, start doing push-ups. <laughs> and I would always walk up to him anytime, anywhere, and you just lightly touch his shoulder or his arm or somewhere, his back, with your fingertip. And he'll go, get off me. Then you take it off, put it somewhere else on him. Get off me. Move it again. Get off me. He was one of the guys you'd see, like, in the airport or at the hotel lobby or in a rest area. And you could walk up to him. And with just walking up to him, you go into a tie-up. Oh, yeah. Just out of nowhere. Just randomly yep. meeting him. Just start, just start tying up and start chain wrestling. Right in the middle yep. of fucking wrestling. Smack himself in the shoulders and then <laughs> yep. tie-up. And then do the old tie-up. 
And when we would go over our matches, we wouldn't even talk. We would pantomime the whole match. Leapfrog, dropkick. Yep, yep. We would just pantomime everything. Wouldn't say a word. I remember one time he had me in a hold. As the smart fans talk it, the rest hold. And he was calling a spot. I'm trying to think of the spot, right? But I'm trying to get my, to stop my foot a little bit, you know, to, to get the people behind me. And I'm doing it and I stop. And I'm trying to think of the spot. And we're talking back and forth. And I couldn't think and talk and stop my foot at the same time. And he's, he's, he stops me. He goes, Mikey. I go, what? He goes, you have to stomp your feet. I go, I am. He goes, you're going to rip them. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That's <Wow>. great. <laughs> Mikey, what? You have to stomp your feet. I go, I am. So, I am. In a rhythm. <laughs> so, Mikey, just to dispel this, there Sounds is no like such thing as a rest hold. from the wedding singer. Yes, John, John Lovitz. Yes, John Lovitz. Oh, well. Good luck finding a DJ who can move and shake like this. <laughs> I'll never forget. He he was he was nervous as fuck because we were in Massachusetts and we were working uh, the Eliminators, and he had to give me that power bomb off the top rope to the floor through a table. Oh, jeez! And he's like, "Oh yeah, it'll be great. You know, no problem." And tell Paulie. He comes back. He goes. Mikey, this might be a problem. Yeah, no, we we did it. And I remember we landed, and he must have said thank you so 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 freaking many times. Oh sure. Mikey, thank you. You didn't have to do that for me. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you so much. It means so much. You know, so he gave me the power bomb out the top one time. And after that, I was like that's it. That's it. I said, I said, never again. Because it knocked me for a loop. It was like one of them awkward two and a half point landings. Just boom, boom. It jarred me pretty hard. Yeah, because unless you were up there and you could like get like a full sit up on there and you yeah. come, it was almost impossible to come down flat. You always had that. Oh, yeah. The ass shoulder neck bump. The dun, dun, yes. dun. It's like, oh. <laughs> That's what I had. That sucked. <laughs> he goes, he goes, Mikey, you okay? I'm like, yep. <laughs> Never better. Thank you much. My pleasure. What was the relationship? Because I know people are going to say, if I don't bring this up, they're going to say something. The relationship with uh, with he and Tammy. I know there's been tons of things talked about about that. Uh, what was the? Uh, what was your opinion on that whole thing? It was complicated. Weren't they together since, uh, like, they were 15 or something? Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of well-documented what mm-hmm. the situation was. But I don't know. I don't know if he just loved her so much that he just dealt with it. or I think that's what it was. You know, because, uh, I mean, you know. It's, it, it's a very awkward thing. Like, I like Tammy. Right. I've never had a problem with her. Um, I think the way it was was not fair to Chris at all. But then, no. but then you say to yourself, well, 
he stuck around for years and years and years and years, and it wasn't a secret. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, he put up with it. Yeah, and and he read the dirt sheets, so you know he 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 read all about it. You know, so I mean, it was his. You know, it was their relationship, and it wasn't my place to say what should and shouldn't happen. If if he was okay with what was going on, then that's you know, or if, if he was willing to deal with it, well, that that's up to him. All right, guys. So that is going to do it uh, for Chris Candido. I hope you guys enjoyed going down memory lane with Mikey and Jerry. I'm going to have a swig of beer for Chris Candido right now. To honor the great Chris Candido. We had mentioned this before, but I'm going to say it again. We talked about the Monster Factory. Great, great place. And it's being uh, it's run by Mr. Danny Cage. You can follow him at the Danny Cage, and you can also follow the Monster Factory at the number four, and then the word Monster Factory altogether. Danny was just a, a guest at the Performance Center. Yes, he so. was. If you follow his Twitter, he uh, he has a post on that as well. Seems like a really great dude. Really great dude. Yeah, so you'll be learning from the best. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Front Row Material. Guys, thank you so much for joining us, for carving out some time. Hope we were able to... <laughs> improve your day follow us on social media tell a friend tell a neighbor tell a wrestler we are at at frm pod you can follow me at mike freeland you can follow jerry lynn at it's jerry lynn and mikey whipwreck at mikey whipwreck underscore that's it okay all right all right See you next week. The world of MLW Radio never stops. 